0: You are listening to Episode 72 of the Tennis Files Podcast, How to Implement Changes in Your Tennis Technique.
1: Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. Uh, I hope you're getting to play some tennis out there during the winter, Uh, and I know uh, the new USDA ratings are coming out. I think by the time you hear this, they'll be out by tomorrow. Um, so I know you're all probably really excited about that, but, uh, no worries, whatever you're rated, um, the goal should be to always improve your tennis game. And it's funny because a friend of mine, Greg, actually Facebook messaged me the other day and said that one of my articles on why you shouldn't obsess over your USTA, uh, ratings was, uh, linked up in one of the tennis warehouse forums on one of the, um, threads. So it's kind of funny to me. But um, yeah, I'll link that article in the show notes to hopefully help you with your nervousness uh, if you have any. But again, don't be worried about it. Just just always try to improve and and become the best player you can be. But with that being said, today I have a solo episode for you. It was actually um, a presentation that I gave on the uh, Tennis Techniques Summit, which I did a little while back, and I thought I'd bring this... Uh, audio portion of the presentation into the podcast because it's definitely uh, definitely packs um, some really good tips I think on how to approach changing your tennis technique um, because sometimes it can be very tough to figure out um, you know first off what to change and then how to go about changing uh, your stroke and it can be really tough sometimes and I get into um, some ways that you can. Uh, accelerate the process and ensure that you don't interrupt it and have to start all over again. So I really hope you enjoy this uh, relatively short episode. I usually uh, have interviews that go at least thirty minutes or more, sometimes an hour and a half. But um, this one will be a short one with some good tips for you on uh, on your tennis technique and how to improve it or change it. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, and without further ado. Here it is. I want you to ask yourself a few questions here first. So I mean the first step really and when you when you're figuring out what exactly to change in your tennis technique, how to approach the game is what is your goal? You know, you need to have a vision of your tennis career of what it'll look like, you know, obviously, you know, somewhat realistic, but also uh far reaching as well, because it, it, that really dictates what you're going to do in, in terms of changing your tennis technique or improving it. I mean, obviously, if you're more on the wanting to have fun side, then maybe it's not worth to invest time in uh, changing something. But on the other hand, if you're, um, you know, looking to become a top level player, then you your, uh, you know, approach might be very different. Um, and so also setting a vision will help you know, uh, you know, how much work you need to put into your game just as a whole. So after that, you need to just evaluate your entire game objectively. You need to I mean, I, I recommend that you write down your strengths in your game uh, and your weaknesses in your game. And sometimes it's hard for us to uh, do that on our own. Objectively, So in that case, it's really good to ask a coach, especially if you work with one or just a coach that's seen you play or even, you know, a, a, a pretty competent player to to just look at you and your game and then to rate you and your strokes, uh, maybe say one to 10 or so, because I think we'll talk about this later, of course. But um, depending on uh, how they rate your strokes, you're going to be able to then figure out what you might need to work on. Um, but a really good thing in, in helping evaluating your game is to record your own play, especially if so you don't have a full time coach or something like that, then uh, actually uh, taping your play and then watching it afterwards is really uh, super eye opening because you're doing a lot of things that you are not even aware of. And it's really easy to record you know, your playing. You know, it's you can use a, even a cell phone, just have somebody You know, use their cell phone to record you. Um, If you want to get a little more advanced or if you have one, you can use a DSLR camera or any camera with video capabilities. You can also use a dedicated video camera. And then I recommend a tripod so that it doesn't move around and you don't even need anyone else there. Uh, So definitely videotape yourself, uh, preferably uh, a match because that's when you're really performing you know, in match situations. It's the most important. You might play differently in um, in practice, but it's a whole different ball game when you're in a match, and that's really what you want to be examining, because obviously if you're competitive, then um, you want to up the level of your match play, and then you'll see what you're doing. So yeah, just show that to the coach. Even You can even post it on forums if you want. I mean, assuming that the people on there are pretty... Competent. That's another option uh, to get some feedback. And so you also have to ask yourself, what is the biggest return on investment? When I, you know, you have all this information with you, you're trying to figure out next steps in your game. You know, what's going to give me the most return on, you know, my my money? Pretty much. So uh, in a lot of cases, it's going to be the serve, just because the serve is the most important stroke in the game. But uh, it, it does kind of depend on what style you play, you know, on the court. So there, there may be other strokes that are more vital. Maybe your you're grinder and you, your return game is the most important thing that you need to work on. Um, you know, your serve is like already there that you're just spinning the ball in for the most part. So then in that case, you need to improve a different part of your game that'll yield you the most results. Or maybe there's like a huge weakness that everybody's picking on. And then in that case, maybe that's what you need to actually choose what to work on. And then you can use the summit as a resource, you know, the notes you've taken, or if you upgrade to the all access pass, you can refer back to that, uh, whatever presentation deals with that particular stroke and to, uh, you know, keep improving that way. Also something that is really, really important, I think, is to focus on one change at a time. And obviously we're all different I mean, for me, if, if I'm on the computer and then somebody calls out my name, I don't even hear them. Uh, it's just, you know, some people can uh, handle more, uh, I guess, outputs than other people. But yeah, I mean, in general, there's always a saying that you can't ride two donkeys with only one... Uh, you know behind that could use a word with an starting with an a there but i didn't but you know it's the thing is if you try to pursue uh, multiple changes at once then you're not going to sufficiently change any of them at all it's very difficult to just try to change so many things at once another related topic is you know a lot of coaches uh not a lot but maybe a lot they they shout like 10 different uh directions at you Uh, and, you know, obviously if you've probably been there, we've all been there at some point, it's extremely confusing. Um, so basically it's a sure shot as long as you work hard enough that if you choose one particular part of a technique and you, uh, work on that, um, then after a while, then you're going to, uh, that's going to become second nature. And then that's when, uh, you can move on to another, technical change if you will um so just pick basically first you pick one stroke that you want to work on um but obviously there's many different phases in a stroke so say example the forehand um and then you're trying to work on uh let's say the finish well i mean that's the only thing you should be working on right so in the next hitting session you uh concentrate on on finishing properly um and then uh the, that you know that's what you do and then once you're it's second nature to finish uh, and the proper technique as you've studied and such, then you can move on to a different part. And I guess maybe I probably should have started with like the beginning of the strokes and then you get that piece and then you work up from there. Um, But you know what I mean? Uh, And yeah, I've, I've heard that humans really don't multitask per se. They just do more things poorly at different times. Uh, So that's something to really think about. It's the quality of, what you're doing when you're doing too many things at once uh, severely goes down. One super important thing that I like to do and that a lot of people are starting to do is to really uh, just kind of map out your vision for your future. And so, I mean, the first step with that is to create, um, you know, obviously create goals. Um, One particular one that's good to uh, use is a concept of SMART goals as a specific uh, goal. It should be, measurable, kind of related there, attainable and realistic, and then time-based. So if you have all those elements in your goal, then you're going to have a much better defined type of goal where you can actually ascertain whether you actually hit that goal. So an example of that that I have here is I will practice my serve for 45 minutes a day every morning to improve my second serve. My goal is to hit 10 kick serves in a row in three weeks. Um, obviously, that's pretty specific, especially with the latter part. Um, it's also measurable because it has, uh, you know, numbers in here where you can you can figure out, okay, you know, my goal is to hit 10 kick serves in a row in three weeks. And then after three weeks, you, you try that out and see if you can do it. It's attainable. Again, it should be attainable, but also shoot far as well. Um, and then it's a realistic goal at the same time. And it's time-based as well. Cause you have the three weeks in there. Uh, and then it's really good to be even more specific, like in the first part about how long you're going to practice your serve for to reach that goal. And a really cool tool that I like to use is MindMeister. So I believe that's mindmeister.com. And then with that, you use mind maps. And uh, so as part of, you know, figuring out like what to change in your game and improving your game, you can use a mind map. It's basically like a sort of uh, you can make flow charts with it, but it's so awesome because, you know, it's on the computer and you can actually drag uh, any of the uh, boxes or arrows or things that you like. So it's very easy to uh, map out. Um, your future plans. And again, make that, make those uh, plans as concrete and specific as possible um, so that you can, um, you know, reach your, your tennis goals. And just like in the example, just make sure to put in, you know, measurable numbers and things like that so that you know, you know, what you have to do exactly. And you know, if you'll have hit your goal. And one important thing too
1: cg one at newbalance.com.
0: You know, when you're learning how to, let's say, put more legs in your serve or something like that, you want to start out by uh, just doing that on your own uh, or with a coach uh, and not in any sort of competitive situation or say, you know, if you're changing your, your backhand grip or something like that, you you want to minimize environmental pressures because then you're going to Um, you know, not be able to learn it properly. So, for example, I think the best way to first work on a stroke that if you're changing it is to uh, have someone drop the ball in front of you and you hit it because then you take away the variable of a moving ball, you take away the variable of uh, any sort of competition, things like that, and uh, you moving. Um, So once you are comfortable with that phase, then you can move on to having... A coach or somebody throw the ball to you from a short distance and so then you'll introduce the, the moving variable and then once you master that then you can go into let's say a drill or like practice hitting with that new technique and then from there you can go to point play and then you know maybe practice sets practice match and then finally tournaments so that's the best way to uh, implement a change in your technique properly because I mean, the most horrible thing is if you've worked on a technical change for you know a while um, but not long enough to have it be, become second nature and then let's say you enter a tournament and then now what happens is you're in that tournament you know you feel the pressure and you want to win and you know when it's crunch time of course you're you know 95 percent are more going to revert back to your old technique so that you can win. And what does that do? That pretty much destroys most of the progress that you've made before then And changing the technique. So that's why it's important to really, uh, I think, reduce tournaments um, while you're changing something, especially if it's a a bigger change so that you can uh, just practice that uh, technical change and then gradually uh, be ready to introduce it to a competitive environment, um, and also continue to videotape uh, your play uh, and analyze. You know your your strokes to ensure proper progress or good progress. Again, um, you know when you're undergoing a change. Let's say you you see some advice in the session, and then you're you're trying to implement it. Uh, just focus on the long term. I mean, first you have to trust that. Um, what is being told you is, is, um, is going to help you and that it, it'll work. And I mean, with any of the coaches on here, I think that's pretty safe to say, because they have so much experience in their world class. I mean, you have people like Sven Groneveld who, uh, is coaches, Maria Sharapova. You've got a top sports, uh, uh sports performance specialist like us from You've got a world renowned, um, you know, uh, coach, uh, Dr. Mark Kovacs. I mean, people like that, you, you know that what they're talking about is, is backed up by a lot of experience and data and things like that. Um, so, you know, once you, you, uh, you pick a stroke and you do other, the other steps uh, I, I mentioned beforehand, um, and then you start working on it, just don't expect to have um, amazing results in, you know, in a day or two. It's going to take time. Um, you're going to, it's going to feel weird and things like that, of course, because it's a change, right? But then uh, as you keep, um, you know, working on it day by day, it's, it's going to improve. So just, uh, trust in the process, trust your coach. And then, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be in good shape. And again, like I mentioned, uh, I just want to reiterate, um you know don't fall victim to going back to your old uh, deficient technique so you can win in the short term i mean this even happens sometimes if you're in like a ground stroke game you know you might revert back to your old technique and uh, don't do that just think of the long term vision uh, i mean for example uh, on my podcast i uh, one of the uh, interviewees was saying and i can't remember for some reason if this was uh, jeff or it might have been someone else but they played Pete Sampras and actually beat Pete. But at the time, Pete had just uh, switched to a one-hander from a two-hander. And then uh, Pete gave uh, our guest kind of a wry smile and and just kind of communicating that pretty much like, well, you know, yeah, I lost, but I I know why I'm doing this and I'm going to get you next time. So it's kind of pretty cool, but illustrative of uh, focusing on the long-term goals and where you want to be, what type of player you want to be, so that's very important. Now, obviously, um, you want to enjoy um, the learning process. That's super important. I mean, if you are, you know, getting burned out or just feel like it's um, monotonous or forced every day, or you, you feel even kind of like depressed at not making much progress and stuff, you have a couple of choices. You can either <laughs> quit because is it worth it? You know, at that point. Um, The other is to just remember, you know, why you love this game so much. And also remember that learning is the essence of life. Always have to keep improving, um, whether that's in tennis or your work, relationships, things like that. Always trying to find ways to problem solve and improve is the most important thing of all. I mean, yeah, I guess can't say more than that, except, you know, again, make learning and improving a fun and rewarding experience. Closing thoughts are, (laughs) I mean, thank you so much for joining the summit. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I just hope that you guys have really enjoyed all the awesome sessions so far. And yeah, I mean, it's just incredible amount of information. I know it's really tough to try to sift through it all. And that's why, you know, I mean, either you take notes or you you just have like the uh, all access pass and and then you try to figure out, okay, what type of player do I want to be in the future? What? looking at my game, you know, what will get me the most return on my investment if I work on this stroke, then I'll end up, you know, improving my game by this amount, things like that. So yeah, that's what you you have to do and just commit and stick to the process. Um, with that, you know, if you have any questions at all, please feel free to contact me at mirabon at tennisfiles.com. And, you know, some of the tools that I mentioned before, like uh, mindmeister.com and such, I'll, I'll link them uh, at the bottom of this uh, presentation. So I hope this uh, helps you guys in some way in, in charting a path to improving your tennis game, you know, it's not just about listening and, and learning. It's about actually taking bold action, being very organized and uh, mapping out exactly what, what what you need to work on. I mean, you have to be very serious in, in practices and focused. Um, you don't just go out there and just hit, right? You have to have a purposeful, uh, intentional practice. So um, when you're trying to work on something, always set aside at least, you know, 20 minutes or so to work on that. And if you keep uh, keep at it, be diligent and and seek feedback and preferably have a coach with you to help you, uh, you're going to improve your game by leaps and bounds. So again, thanks a lot for joining the Tennis Technique Summit. And I hope you gain some knowledge from this session and I wish you all the best. So thanks again. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode on how to change your tennis technique Uh, I really do appreciate you tuning in, and I'd also really appreciate it if you could uh, subscribe to the Tennis Falls podcast, and you can do that uh, in iTunes, uh, Spotify, or any other podcast app that you use to listen to the show. And as I often like to do, I am going to leave you with a quote, and this quote is from Nelson Mandela, and he said, Education is the most powerful weapon which you can use to change the world. It's a fantastic quote there. As always, any links that I mentioned during the podcast today will be in the show notes page at TennisFiles.com slash um, 72. And if you'd like to check out the Tennis Technique Summit, you can go to tennistechniquesummit.com, uh, to, see, to to hear and see more fantastic presentations on the serve, forehand, backhand, volleys, and footwork, among other things, from some amazing coaches. So as always, thanks so much for listening uh, and I look forward to pumping out some more great episodes of the podcast for you to enjoy. Um, If you have any feedback, just uh, let me know. You can email me at uh, mirban at tennisfiles.com. That's M-E-H-R-B-A-N at tennisfiles.com or just feel free to leave a a review or comment on my website at at tennisfiles.com or uh, any of the podcast apps uh, that you use to listen to the show. All the best. Uh, keep playing tennis, even though it's really, really cold. Um, find some indoor court time if you can or put on some, some sweats and get out there. And uh, all the best. So thanks for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. Take care.
1: Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.